Today's sermon is entitled The Appeal. The Appeal. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your help. There's a phrase uh, I'm finding to be truer and truer. And this phrase is, if you have a good relationship with someone, you can ask for just about anything and it will be okay. Or they will try to get whatever you ask for for you. In other words, if you have a good relationship with someone, doesn't matter what you ask them. You can ask them almost anything. And if the relationship is strong, solid, and good, uh, that relationship can bear what you're asking. So when we talk about the appeal, the appeal is really about asking, making a request. But there's a little nuance to it. To appeal is to make a request, to appeal to a higher court. I set you up. He reigns the song, higher, most high God, nobody beside him. The appeal is to make a request to a higher court, watch this now, to a higher court to request a reversal of a decision that's been made by a lower court. Tracking? So we appeal to a higher court to request a reversal or change or a turnaround of a decision that was made by the lower court. Thank you, Jana, for the link. Don't click on it now. Wait till after the service. So, to appeal is to arouse a sympathetic response. The appeal has to be made to arouse a sympathetic response of the higher court to what's happening in the lower court, to review your circumstance. To make an appeal is to call upon another for corroboration, for vindication, or a decision in a matter you're facing. So here's how I look at it. Life is often considered, Lawanda, watch this, this is going to be good. Life is often considered the lower courts, that as you live life every day, these lower courts, these circumstances and events of your life uh, make decisions for you. They put you in predicaments that affect your lives. Um, the life you live in the lower courts is the uh, it is what it is courts, right? You know, life is what it is. And from that, it is what it is every day. We we deal with these coworkers, or or we end up uh, our our car breaks down every thirty miles. We have to get out and jiggle the cable. Um, 
that's a ruling that the lower courts have given us or because uh, my marriage is bad. We fight every week or we fight every month. That's that's a, a, a choice uh, in the lower courts of life that that has an impact on you every day. Are you tracking that every day in life, there are things that happen that become a part of your life and you accept it because it's it's normal. It is what it is. It's the regular uh, shikamadoo of life. No such word, right? But, but, but here's what I'm saying, Cynthia. Watch this. L listen to this, Tia. But when the lower courts get to be too much, you get it? When, when life, ah, God. When, when, when the lower courts, when stuff keeps happening, Murphy's Law, if it's not one thing, it's, it's another. When, when the lower courts get to be too much, then we need to make an appeal to the higher court. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I'm doing good Monday. I'm doing good Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday roll around. I'm feeling the weight and the pressure coming on me. And, 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 and by Friday, oh heck, I'm, I'm stressed out and it's to a level that it's not making sense. Uh, I'm, I'm losing control and, and I need to appeal to a higher court. And so this is the position we're going to look at today of the Israelites uh, who found themselves in a situation where they needed to appeal to God for help. And this is a psalm we're going to look at of lament uh, from the place of derision, uh, from losing battles they shouldn't have been losing. Ah, God, don't miss this. That the Israelites were troubled uh, by losing battles that they should have been winning. Ah, God, have you ever lived life and, and life from the lower courts is jacking you up. And it, you shouldn't be losing. You shouldn't be going off on people. You shouldn't have snapped back so fast. You shouldn't have acted the way you acted. And um, oh God, I wish I had some people who knew what I'm talking about. But you're losing battles you shouldn't be losing. And now you got to appeal to a higher court and say, the lower courts is getting the best of me, God. I need your help. Are you tracking and so in this psalm today, uh, we see that they make an appeal. Uh, we're going to see how they make an appeal. And here's how you make the, the appeal because, watch this, Joy, because knowing how to appeal, and it's the how to appeal that has more to do with getting the reversal you want. I got to say that again, Shana. It's, it's how you make the appeal that gets you the reversal uh, that you need. Uh, come on. Because anyone can make an appeal, right? Any, anybody can go to the higher courts and make an appeal, uh, but that doesn't mean it's going to be reversed. We we want to appeal so that it can be reversed. We're not just talking about the appeal to be appealing, but we want the appeal that will reverse things. Amen. We want to appeal where we know it is likely how we do it determines the likeliness of how the higher court will overturn the lower decisions in our lives. Because the reality is, is that some of the decisions in a lower courts of our life 
have not just been circumstantial, but we play a role in them. Hello. We play a role, Sharon. We pray, we play a role, Riri, in some of the stuff we're having to deal with. And yeah, my bad, my choice. I picked the wrong one. I went to the wrong place. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But there is a higher court who is able to reverse what happens on the lower court. Come on, somebody. And so we need to learn how to make the appeal to make sure God can overturn the decisions that happen in the everyday life of the lower court. So let's look at how you begin the appeal. You begin the appeal based on relationship. Somebody say relationship. You begin the appeal based on relationship. And relationship is important because the goal is to establish connectivity. Watch this now. So whenever you're making an appeal to the higher courts, you have to be able to show some way that you're connected to them. You can't appeal to a higher court that's not even over your jurisdiction or your area. What is your connection with God? And I, when I read this passage, I cried. Uh, the first time I read it, I, I cried because it's all about relationship. And this relationship appeal establishes your relevance and relatability. It shows how, how he should entertain my appeal. It is establishing reasoning for coming to him because the higher courts will say, why are you in my face? Why are you in my presence? It's relationship. I, I can go to God because I have a relationship with a higher court. I want to tell somebody who's getting beat in the lower courts. I know about that. I know about when the lower courts ain't, ain't running, ain't running your way. <laughs> I feel that. But you can appeal to a higher court that even when you lose in the lower court, there is a way you can talk to God about reversing the effect and the impact the lower court has on you. So this is how you address the higher court. Here you go. You address the higher court. Look at Psalm 44 verses 1 through 26. We're going to look at today, I believe, 123, 26, something like that. Anyway, Psalm 44 is where we are. You can get it in your Bible. Or you can look at it on the tab for the Bible if you're on the app. So check this out. The text says in verses 1 through 3, we're just going to look at 1 through 3. That's based on relationship. The text says, oh God, we have heard with our ears. Watch this now. Our fathers, uh-oh, connectability, relationship, have told us the work that you did in their days in the days of old, all right? So he's connecting based on their relationship in the family too. You with your own hand drove out the nations. Then you planted them. You afflicted the peoples. Then you spread them abroad. And he says then in verse number three, he says, for by their own sword, they did not possess the land and their own arm did not save them. Talking about his ancestors. And then the end part of verse three says, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your presence for you favored them. That's how they won by God's right hand, by his arm, by the light of his presence. And he favored them. So what I want you to see, 
that the context that the writer here in Psalm is bringing up, he says, listen, I remember we've heard, so mind you, we're going in the past for a minute. The writer is going back to the past. And he's saying, do you remember, we heard through the grapevine over the years that when our fathers were in trouble, when they were trying to take over the promised land and they were losing in some areas because the Bible said they had to take Canaan. They had to go in and fight for it. In other words, they were fighting for something that God had already promised them, but they were losing when they shouldn't have been. And so the fathers appealed to the higher court and God reversed the situation and we saw the tide change and turn. And so the text is saying that based on the relationship you had with our fathers, we're saying we heard that you can do this. So when our fathers came to the higher courts, you reversed it. You gave them the answers they wanted. We've heard that you've done what we need already. In other words, so I'm establishing based on relationship that we've seen you do this before. When our fathers were in trouble, they asked you for help. You helped them. You're the only one who can do this. And so what you, you start the appeal by showing how amazing he is. You don't start the appeal on you. You don't start the appeal on your condition. You start the appeal the appeal based on who God is. Start with the power of the appellate court. Start with recognizing the greatness of what he's able to do. I got a feeling. You start by telling the court how amazing they've been in the past. In other words, you've been doing this for a long time, higher court. He said, you planted people in the past. You drove out the Canaanites and you gave people the promise. He said they won because of you. He said they didn't win because of their sword. They won because of your strong hand and your strong arm. And, and the hand is symbolized of the touch, but the arm is the symbol of the strength. Ah, God. And so he's delicate enough to touch the situation, but strong enough to move somebody out of the way. So what he's saying is, think back to what God has done for your family. For somebody online right now, think back to what God has done. I'm not talking about focus on you. I'm talking about find somebody in your family who made an appeal to God and he turned it around. Remind yourselves of the past, what you heard grandma talking about. Remind yourself what you heard mama Nim talking about, big mama and juicy fruit. Did remind yourself Remind yourself what Uncle Nim used to talk about around the table and what we used to stand around the parking lot after church talking about what God did for my diabetes or what God did for my child in jail and what God did for me when I lost my job and what God did for my marriage that was in trouble and what God did for me and my neighborhood and my community and what God did for my family when we fell out. Think about what God has done. Don't look at you and your issue right now. Don't start the appeal with you. God, I wish I 
uh, just in regular communication, don't start off talking about you. Recognize the person you're talking to because after all, you're coming to them for something. So remind yourselves that before your problem even existed, God was doing his business with mankind. In other words, God, before I even get to my stuff, I want to recognize that you've been doing this already for a long time. I respect you and I know your authority is greater than what I'm bringing to you. I'm not even going to get to my stuff just yet. This just happens to be your season. You're going to experience some stuff in your season, but before you talk about your season, talk about the God who runs the seasons. Come on. But God has been doing this long before you got to your season. In other words, think of others. Before you start crying, God, I need your help. Thank God for what he did for your mama. Thank God for every month you saw your mama crying and praying and doing bills, but he kept providing. He kept a roof over your head. That's based on relationship. You saw what God did for your mother and your father based on their relationship. And translation, what you saw God do for them, you want to see God do for you. So start your appeal based on your awareness of the bigness of God and how great he is and was long before your problem ever arrived that God is great and was great long before you even bring them. So, so say, God, I know who you are. That I'm starting this appeal with. I know who you are, magistrate. I'm, hallelujah. Woo, I, know, I know what you can do. I'm coming to you because I've heard through the grapevine how many things you've done in my family over the past century. I know what you've done. And you got the nerve. You got the audacity as a family now to act up. You got the audacity to forget what God has done and doubt what God can do. Ah, that's all right. I'm not going to calm down, PC. Pull my coat down, little Ben. Pull my coat tail. Pull my coat tail. Lawanda, Latanya, calm me down. I, in other words, I know who you are. Second point, move on. Second point. Now, we talked about basing the appeal on your relationship. Now you got to base the appeal on your current needs. Once we've established who he is and his greatness and the mightiness, now we got to talk about our current needs. And the appeal is based on current needs, watch this note, that match the past rulings. You've got to be able to address current needs that match match the past rulings. Uh, ah, God. If you look at a good lawyer, a good lawyer comes to present day court after he or she has dug up past cases. Oh, Tabitha, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you practice this, don't you? You look at past cases and you look for references where rulings have been made in similar situations. <laughs> if you can find where God turned it around in the past for somebody back then, it creates precedence that God can do it again. In other words, it's legal to do so. If God did it once, it's legal to do it again. I'm not saying he might not do it. He might not do it the way he did it then, but I'm telling you, you come with an established legal reference and precedence that God can't say no because he's already demonstrated that he's done it in the, never mind. In other words, 
Now that you've established why you should be heard based on relationship, you need to lay out what you're asking for. This is the space for stating what you need and how your current needs match with similar needs God has honored in the past. So I, I'm, I'm experiencing God what my father's experienced, and I'd like for you to do for me what you did for them. All right, so look at the text now. Let's look at verses four through eight. The text says, uh, you are my king. So now he says, first he was talking about my fathers, right? Now he's personalizing. He says, you are my king. You, I'm bringing it to current needs. Are you tracking with what I'm saying, Sharon? Are you tracking Latanya? Right now I'm saying, you are my king. I, I just talked about my fathers, but now I'm talking about me. Oh God, what does he say? Command victories for Jacob, for us. Command victories for us, for me and my people. So he says, through you, we will push back our adversaries. Again, notice we're losing fights we shouldn't be losing, God. <laughs> he says, the lower courts is kicking our butts. So he says, through you, we will push back our adversaries. Through your name, we will trample down those who rise up against us, just like our fathers did. For I will not trust in my bow, we read that already, nor will my sword save me. We know that already. But you have saved us from our adversaries and you have put to shame those who hate us. You did that in the past. We've already established that. So in God we come, we have boasted all day long and we will give thanks to your name forever. Selah. So the text is saying, you are our God. You were the God of our fathers. Now you're the God of us. We've got similar issues that we're bringing to you. So I'm trying to tell you how to appeal, folks. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The appeal is based on current needs that match past rulings. So the text says, you are my king. And here he personalizes the situation for the people of God. He says, we've personalized the situation to our needs now, not our ancestors. We're coming to appeal for things that should be ours. In other words, the lower courts are given what is ours to other people. The devil is stealing stuff that you promised to us. You gave Canaan to our fathers. We're supposed to own the land. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. But God, why do I feel like we last every time? Why do I feel like when we should get the blessing and the promotion, some ungodly person gets it before we do? And so we're appealing now to the higher court. Because you have done this in the past, we're asking that you do it for us today. Your past action has relevance in our current needs. Are you tracking? You are our present king. Notice the term king. In other words, you're in charge. You have the authority. The past relation has carried over to us today. What you did for our fathers means that your blessing is in our blood. Oh, you're going to miss it. What you did for my family means the royalty of your kingness is in our blood. Hallelujah. So we are the same people of our ancestors. And so if you're going to honor the name of the family, then you've got to honor the name of today. The only difference in the family situation is that that was then and this is now. 
now. Come on. So the appeal, if it's set up right, addresses the two time zones. In other words, don't just storm into heaven asking for God to do it right now. But remind him of who you're connected with. Remind him of who your family is. Remind him of whose blood you carry. I'm son of Opalee Smith. And I know the things you did for her. Woo! I got about to run out of here. Can I get a little bit of that, Jesus? You got to get the appeal right. So drive out our enemies. He said, command our adversaries to go. He says, drive out our enemies like you drove them out of Canaan. We have no new strength or artillery. Watch this now. He says, yes, we're like our family. And the same thing goes for us as it did for them. We don't have no new strength. We haven't become a new generation with a new artillery. We don't have a different destiny than them. We still only got you. (laughs) In other words, if we going to make it, we going to make it with you. Just like mama made it with you, we going to make it with you. So our appeal is to only you and nobody else who can help us. We didn't go to the bank first. We didn't go to our friends first. We didn't go to the neighbors first. We're coming to the higher court. Uh, you don't hear this. Come on. Your strong hand and your strong arm is being enlisted again because that's the only way we gonna win, I rhymed. And we only have one source or victory and that one source is to praise you synonymously. In other words, you're our source to get help, but you're our source to praise as well. So I want that relationship my ancestors had for me. In other words, I want what they had. What you had with them, I want for me. Some of y'all ought to study God. Some of y'all ought to get deep in God because of what your family had. You ought to do it on the strength of the family. You ought to act right because, never mind, I'm stepping on toes. Somebody going to try to send me a bad email. In other words, as you fought for them, fight for me. That's what the appeal is, y'all, because the fighting is based on relationship. It's not based on revenge or feelings or requests. In other words, you're not asking the higher court to do something for you because the higher court is going to step in his feelings and get mad and want revenge. No, you're asking the court to be objective. And the objectivity is based on relationship. I'm going to get the court to respond because he knows me. (laughs) Not that he's mad at what's happening to me. God is not responding because he wants revenge from the devil who's bothering me. He's responding because he knows me. God says, I'll look at your appeal because I know who you are. If you listen to the court case this week that's been all over the media, when it came to sentencing, the judge sat there and he said, I know your father. Oh, this is so good. You can't make this up. The judge said, I know your father. In fact, they said they had to take a picture down of one of the family members, his ancient family members, because they didn't want the conflict of interest in the courtroom. He says, the whole you come from a family of attorneys and yet you stand before me. And I'm telling you the same way God, the judge of the higher court, is able to have some sort of response to us based on relationship. Come on, somebody. That is not sitting there like a penal God waiting to say, well, penal code 23745. He's going to talk to you. And I loved how the judge was having a conversation on his bench with the person who was standing to be sentenced. You fight and you
turn appeals because of your relationship. Is anybody want that? I want that. I want God to respond not because he's mad at the devil. I want God to respond because he knows who I am. Number three, come on, moving fast. Number three is you make the appeal based on the sovereignty he has over the lower courts. Uh, the appeal is based on understanding his sovereignty and authority and involvement over the lower courts. Now you only appeal to the higher court because it has jurisdiction or authority over the lower court. I'm only asking you because I know you got authority over this court that seemed to be getting the best of me. Here, in point three, the goal is to demonstrate the higher court's relation to the lower court. Now that we've laid out our personal needs, we've got to be able to show how the higher court can impact the lower court. Watch this now. Come on, Cynthia. So we've started off talking about the higher court. Then we inserted ourselves in terms of our need. But now we need the higher court to see its relationship to the lower court that's beneath us. <laughs> so watch this now. The appeal must explain what is happening and show why you think the higher court should get involved. Okay, the higher court says, yeah, I know you. I know your family. Oh, you're good people, but why should I get involved? The lower court has made its decision. Why should I get involved? <laughs> so in other words, why should God, never mind, do you remember Jesus? I, I digress a little bit. I'm off task. But when Jesus was in the court, the Praetorium court, and they talked about, you know, he says, uh, are you God? Are you the son of God? He, and, and Jesus told him, he says, I come from a kingdom that you know not of, right? I said, in other words, he was like, I could, I could, I could turn this thing around. He says, there is a higher court. And they were trying to judge and see who he was and see how they related. And so Pilate was trying to understand, well, well, you belong to the Jews. Why should I, why should I make a decision about a Jew? If you say you're the king of the Jews, why won't the Jews make the decision? Do you see it comes down to jurisdiction? Huh? And I'm telling you some stuff in your life the devil don't have jurisdiction over. But you got to know who the higher court is. Ah, man, no. D -D -D. There are things that happen in your life that are outside of people's purview or jurisdiction, but you got to know that God is over all jurisdiction. So, in other words, why should God get involved to show that technically God is already involved? So, watch this. If God is over that jurisdiction, technically is God already involved? <laughs> If the higher court is over the lower court and convenes over its actions, is not God already involved technically by default because he has the authority over the jurisdiction? Stay with me for a minute. So show God what is happening in the lower courts because sometimes some people up high don't always know what's happening in the basement. <laughs> and you need the people in between to let the higher courts know what's happening down in the basement. I ain't saying I'm a snitch because snitches get stitches. But I'm saying there have been times where I have witnesses to some things that wasn't right. And I had to tell the upper's management that there are 
are some things that are happening down on the assembly line that is going to wreck our bottom line. I rhymed again. So we have to be unique in our appeal that we are showing God up high what's been happening down low. And we have to remind the boss who is still the boss. Look at the text. The text says in 44, 9 through 16, he says, he says, now here's what's happening. Here's what's happening down here. This is what he's telling the courts. He's saying, here's what's happening. He says, yet you have rejected us. Notice he's saying, you have rejected us. You're, you're appealing to the higher court. He's saying to the higher court, you, higher court, have rejected us and brought us to dishonor and do not go out with our armies. You've left us. You dissed us. You cause us to turn back from the adversary and those who hate us have taken Spoil for themselves. In other words, they beat us up and take our stuff. Verse 11, you give us as sheep to be eaten and have scattered us among the nations. You sell your people cheaply and have not profited by their sale. In other words, you sell us and you don't even care about the profit from it. <laughs> you make us a reproach to our neighbors. God, I wish I was talking to some people who know what it feels like in common day, everyday life to feel like you sold for no value, to feel like the devil's getting the best of you and they're stealing stuff that belongs to you. I'm trying to get you to see what the text is saying. He says in 13, you make us a reproach to our neighbors. Your friends say, Ichabod, God has left you. Your friends are telling you God ain't with you. And you got to deal with all the ridicule because you're the one going to church, but your life ain't no better. God, I wish you knew what I was talking about. He says, a scoffing and a derision to those around us. I'm a scoffing. I'm a derision to those around us. Verse 14, you make us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. And he says in 15, all day long, my dishonor is before me. In other words, I got to feel it. All day long, my shame is there and my humiliation has overwhelmed me. I'm confused, the text says. And verse 16 says, because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles, because of the presence of the enemy and the avenger. So notice he's establishing the cause. He says, because of the voice on the lower court, because of the judge that reproaches and reviles me, because of the presence of the enemy in the lower courts, the avenger, I'm feeling this way. This is what's happening down here. They're kicking my butt, daddy, and I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm losing and I shouldn't be losing and I'm appealing to the higher court. And so what he does uniquely is he's able to show that it's not just the lower courts, but God, technically, this is your issue because you're over the lower courts. Ah, God. In other words, God, you created Lucifer. You created all of this world. You created this place. Now, yes, Eve sinned, Adam sinned, and it is their responsibility. But if you're God, if you say you're the God of all creation, then own it. Be accountable for it. Send a solution. Well, he did through Jesus. And so he nullifies the authority of the lower courts by inserting the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the handsome magistrate of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, who can come in and overrule what's happening in the 
lower courts. So watch this now. The appeal is based on understanding his sovereignty. And what we're saying is, God, you're sovereign over all things. So technically, even though you're not doing it, you're involved with it. He is sort of responsible because the lower courts fall under his command. Oh, man. We know that nothing happens without you knowing it, God. Look at how he does it. He says, we know nothing happens without you knowing it. And while the lower courts are beating us down, we see that to be of you. Oh, don't we say it? Don't we say it? We say, God, I'm losing this battle, but I trust you and it must be your will. Well, don't we say it? We say, if the Lord allowed it to happen, then it must be his will. So does he not take some responsibility? Though you may not be doing it, God, you have allowed it. And so we see that what we're going through as coming from you. Wow, what trust. You go to the appellate. Remember, I started this, this, this sermon off saying, when you have a good relationship with somebody, you can just about ask for anything and it'd be okay. So imagine you going to God and saying, God, you're the one who's beating me down. You're the one who's allowing this to happen. But based on our relationship, I know you're not going to get mad at me and kick me out of appellate court. I'm just establishing that you have some involvement already. And so it's not your hand directly, God. I'm not saying that it's you directly. I'm not saying that you're kicking us out and you're stealing our stuff. But I am saying it must be your will. So you appeal to God based on what the courts have allowed. And I came to tell you that sometimes I don't have time to quote the scriptures. But there are some times in the Bible where stuff is happening that God has not signed off on. And we need to remind him of what's happening. And then he steps sin and reverses it. Oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, reverse it. <laughs> Missy Elliott, come on, come on, you know what I'm talking about. Latin law, come on, somebody get with me. <laughs> Where my millennial, my generation. For some reason, watch this now, he's saying, what he's saying is, for some reason, God, it seemed like you're going hard on us right now. I want to preach to some people you feel like it's going hard on you right now. You feel cast off and it feels like you've been put down out of your relationship for the moment. It feels like you've been cast off and it means that term cast off means that you've been rejected it feels like God is not answering your prayers it feels like every time you pray and ask God for it to get better things seem the same or they get worse it feels like we're being rejected by the lower courts every request every OSC we file every motion we file every summary judgment every ah, never mind I don't want to go into all of my knowledge of the court documents and stuff I've been through but every time you file something it seems like the lower court kicks it back this is the purpose of an appeal this is why we're preaching this today because when you've gone to life and dealt with life and you keep losing battle after battle you've got to search a higher court so you make us he said you make us turn back from fights we should be winning and our attackers walk away with the stuff you blessed us with. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me put an appeal in it. Instead of winning, we are like sheep who are lined up for the slaughter.
fire appointed to be consumed. We just read that in the text. He said, we feel like we're sheep who are waiting to be gutted. We are scattered around among the heathen as if to say, we don't have a home of our own. Have you ever been bumped from place to place? The job said, we don't have nowhere place to put you. There's no, I don't know what to call you. I don't know what you'd say to somebody in a relationship. Well, what are we? Well, I don't really know what to call us. In other words, you being moved, never mind, I ain't gonna talk to people, I ain't gonna be real today. Shoot, you feel like that. We're sold to others without looking for profit. In other words, folk keep giving you up for nothing. We're sold just to be sold. We're moved around and traipsed around among the heathen, and yet we're supposed to be chosen. God, am I talking to somebody? I'm supposed to be the royal priesthood, chosen generation, called out of the darkness into the marvelous light, but I keep getting moved and bumped. In other words, ain't nobody got no specific reserve place for me. I take a seat and it's temporary all the time. Ain't nobody gonna say amen and preach to myself. We are a reproach to our neighbors. People look at us and say, where is your God? And now I'm confused by it all. God, it doesn't make sense. I go to church Sunday after Sunday. I read my Bible and I pray and I watch my mother be delivered. I've watched my ancestors get the victory, but now I'm losing for no reason at all. And it doesn't make sense how the people you fought so hard for in the past is now left to be shamed. Mm, come on now. Woo! And so he concludes with this. I kind of tell you, don't change your plea. No matter how hard it gets, keep your appeal the way it is. You still appeal based on your faithfulness. Don't lose your understanding of your relationship. Stick with what you've done so far. It looks like you're losing on every end. The position you've taken now, no matter what, stick to your guns. In other words, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how hard it gets, don't change your plea. I talked last week about maintaining your innocence because God has a promise for the innocent. In other words, sometimes... Sometimes to seek or to placate the opposition by, uh, we sometimes admit to some guilt. Watch this now. Sometimes we say, I'm not going to plead not guilty. I'm going to plead no contest. <laughs> no contest means you're guilty, but it gives me the opportunity to explain. Let me explain, Lucy. <laughs> God says, don't, if you're not guilty, don't say you're guilty. In other words, stick with your innocence. <laughs> I did that once before thinking that my opposition, the opposing attorney, was getting a little soft. And if I admitted a little guilt, that they might go easier on me. Oh, that was a mistake, Tia. Once I admitted to doing something wrong, oh, it backfired. Oh, they used it against me. They said, well, you see, Judge, you see, he said this and he did this. And I was, I was just trying to admit to to a little bit. In other words, I'm just trying to show that it ain't all your fault. I know we were both uh, involved in this. I'm just trying to make it easy. Don't change your plea to placate your 
your enemies, stand firm on your innocence. The goal at this point is to let the higher court know that you are here because you have a promise. You're here because you have some innocence and that you should not be going through what you're going through. You are giving them the reason that you think they should get involved and render a favorable reversal. Well, why should he reverse it? Because it ain't right. <laughs> Come on. The situation ain't right, God. I'm getting my butt kicked, but for no reason at all. But if you go to the appeal court and say, I'm getting my butt kicked, but I did kick down their door first. <laughs> the appeal court ain't trying to hear that. The appeal court is trying to hear that you've been washed by the blood, that you're innocent, that you didn't have no part in it, and that you need the court to reverse something that's wrong. The lower courts got it wrong. I want somebody to look at your life and say the lower courts are getting it wrong. Help God see that you don't just want them to hear your case. You want them to rule in your favor. And as he has ruled in their favor in the past, as the text has said, he favored them. You want God to favor you. Well, who does God favor? He favors the innocent. Watch the text here. The text says in verse 17 through 22, I got to move fast. I got to get out of here. All this has come upon us. Look at what he says. All this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you. Come on now. And we have not dealt falsely with your covenant. In other words, we ain't changed the plan. We're not changing our plea. We're still godly. Look at 18. He says, our heart has not turned back and our steps have not deviated from your way. We're still true blue. Yet you have crushed us in a place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. And he says in 20, if, and, and, and if, and if we did, notice 20, if we had forgotten the name of our God or extended our hands to a strange God, would not God find this out? In other words, if we did start tripping and acting out, wouldn't you know it? He says, for he knows the secrets. <laughs> you can't fool God. He knows the secret of the heart. So even if you're standing before the court lying, talking about I ain't did nothing, the appellate court will know know the truth. Come on, somebody say amen. 22 says, but for your sake, <laughs> we are killed. Notice he says, for your sake, not for mine. I'm going through what I'm going through, staying faithful for your sake, God. I ain't doing this because I like it. I'm doing it for the sake of the kingdom. He says, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Ah, he says, wow. So watch this now. I got to bring this in. We still appeal based on our faithfulness. In other words, don't change what you've done so far. Just because the devil is acting a fool, you don't act a fool. The Bible says in Romans, don't render evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. That's how you're going to win this game, people. What have we done? The Bible said, he says, what have we done to disappoint you, high court? What have we done to anger you? I still love them anyway. I still pay this. I still do that. I still show up to pick them up, but they still try to drive a knife in my back. In other words, don't change your plea or your position because what you're telling the court is we have not forgotten you and we will not forget you. We have not deviated from your policies. We have not dealt falsely from your promises. We ain't asking for a favor and we out there breaking the rules. Our heart is not turned back. 
We haven't quit and we have not surrendered. We are still trusting in you, high court. We have not declined your way. We have not said like the man, Mel Gibson, in the movie Signs, who was a priest and after his wife died for a situation he didn't understand, he quit God. He left God and he didn't understand it. And many of us leave God and we give up because we're losing fights we shouldn't. Stuff doesn't make sense. But this writer says, we have not declined your way. We have not hung up our collar. We have not put down our Bible. We have not stopped going to the church house. Even though you are not the actioner in this matter, God, we know that you can do something about it. You have broken us, but we trust you. You have taken us down, but we haven't forgotten your name. We still wake up and cry, Jesus. It is you we call morning, noon, and night. And even if we had messed up, wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you have called us out on it? It is for your sake that we are killed all the day long and counted as sheep. Ah, but watch this now. Tabitha, I gotta get to the appeal, Riri. Here it comes, Riri. Here comes my conclusion. Let's talk about the appeal itself. What does the appeal look like? What does it say, Joy? I'm gonna come kiss your face. That ain't even in the sermon. This is where you cry out to the court and you start begging for mercy and for intervention. This is where you do your best writing and your best begging and your best pleading. This is where you get your best journalists, your best writers. This is where you get your syntax right, your sentence structure, you get your semantics and your grammar grammar all intact. Do your spell check. Enlist your finest giftings and lay it out all before the higher courts. Let me tell you something. I don't want nobody coming to trial representing me and they don't know how to give a closing argument. I don't want no. I used to love Boston Legal. And I used to love when Alan Spader would get up and he would do his closing argument. Oh, you can lay it out fine. Here's the closing argument of the appeal. It's got to come with your best stuff. I'm telling you, some of you come to God and you're raggedy, tattered, and torn. I'm telling you, come with your best stuff. Come with your gifts laid out and say, this is why you're going to reverse it because this gift the world needs. Come on, somebody. Stop coming to church broke down, toe up. Stop coming before God saying it don't matter what I look like. It does matter what you look like. You're appealing to the higher court and you're showing the higher court who you are. And if the higher court looks at you and they don't respect you, why in the world should he reverse your call? I'm standing before God today because the lower courts are kicking my butt and I'm standing as graceful as I can to say, God, I need these gifts to work again because the lower courts has cut them out. And so look at this final text in verses 23 to 26. Here is the appeal. I wish I had music in the background. It says, arouse yourself, court. In other words, you're telling God to get in it. Get 
with it, God. Here is the appeal. Arise yourself. Why do you sleep, O oh Lord? While the lower courts are kicking my butt awake and do not reject us forever. In other words, that's an admission that we know you rejected us for a moment, but don't do it forever. But look at the text says, why do you hide your face and forget your affliction and forget our affliction and our oppression? For our soul has sunk down into the dust and our body cleaves to the earth. I'm talking to some people who weigh down low. You down on a different kind of down low. You weigh down there like the serpent on the ground sucking up dust in your mouth and you shouldn't be. You should be standing tall in the presence of the almighty God. But look at the last verse which is the appeal of all appeals. He sang rise up be our help and redeem us for the sake of your loving kindness. Rise up and be our help. Redeem us for the sake of your loving kindness. That's the appeal y'all. Come help us Lord. That's all it is. Rise up. Remember the sermon title The Appeal? But the subtitle was Lord I need your help. Sometimes the best appeal is God come get me. Sometimes the best prayer and quickest prayer you can pray is Lord help. That's the appeal. In verse 26 we're saying awake oh God you've been sleep long enough when we need you awake. Don't you remember the disciples who were on the boat thought this was on the boat in the middle of the storm. They said Jesus was downstairs sleep and they woke him up and said don't you care that we perish? Come on. Help us Lord. Come on somebody. I want somebody who got Jesus in your life but he's down under sleep. I'm telling you make your appeal. Help us Lord. The storm is raging in your life but you need to learn how to say help me Lord. You're appealing to the higher court. The storm you're going through is not an indication that God is sleep. It's just an indication that is not time yet. I want somebody to know though that he's coming. That the appeal takes time. The appellate process takes Man, talk on it. You're not going to send something to the appellate court and it's going to come right back. It takes a little time for them to review it, to hear it, to argue it. They might have to get other justices involved. But God neither sleeps nor does he slumber. So if you think God is asleep, he ain't. Hang on, help is on the way. They said, do not reject us forever. Meaning there comes a point where when God will respond, I want somebody to say to yourself, this too shall pass. He's not going to leave you in this situation forever. They know it's only for a season and every season has a reason. And then they said, why are you hiding from me? If you aren't sleeping, then why are you hiding? Where have you gone, God? Why are you doing this to me? Why have you forgotten us? 
Well, the psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, he's there. If I go to the highest mountain, he's there. So I came to tell somebody, if you think God is hiding, just look over your shoulder, honey, like Michael Jackson say. He ain't hiding, he's always there. God isn't hiding because his name is Emmanuel. What's his name? Shana Emmanuel. What does that mean? God is with us. God ain't hiding from you. God has not forgotten you. Hebrew says God has not forgotten your labor of love. But he understands everything that you're giving up for him and the sacrifices you're making. He sees your oppression and your pain. You're talking about he forgot you. He ain't studying you. But God told Moses at the burning bush, I've heard the cries of my people for 400 years as slaves in Egypt. He said, I heard, I ain't ignoring you. I heard every slap. I heard every degrading comment. I saw every unlawful deed done to you. I was right there when they ridiculed you and turned you down. I was there when they rejected you. But just like I told Moses, it's time now for me to react and respond. I've heard your appeal. I've heard your motion. It's come before my court and I'm ready to rule. He says, we have done nothing. We have been reduced to dust and our bellies cleave to the earth. This is why we appeal. Because I ain't got no strength left. I can't even barely sing a hymn. I want to, but I'm down. I'm preaching to people who are down, Latanya. I'm preaching to people, you're on your last leg. You got $5 left and the rent is $800 and you don't know how it's going to work out. I'm telling you, appeal to a higher court. And why do you appeal? He says, we appeal on your tender mercies. We appeal to the merciful God we know you are. We know that the appellate court is not jurisdictional only. It's not just about legal and adjudication. But this court has a little mercy involved. This court cares about who appeals. Mercy is not giving us what we deserve. And we know we're not worthy, God, but you are. And so we say, arise. Help us, Lord. Awake from your sleep. Overturn the order that the lower courts has given us. They gave me an eviction notice. But overturn the eviction notice. Give the judge mercy on my behalf. Help me come up with $5,000 to pay him off to get back into my apartment. We need a move of God today. We're in your courtroom and we're appealing to your mercy. Somebody say, arise, oh God. Come on the scene. Show yourself. Don't stay behind the trees and the trouble. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Oh God, we need you. And now we appeal to God and we must wait. We must wait until our change comes. But we can rest assured change is coming. He heard us. He heard us, Lawanda. He heard us, little Ben. He heard us.
is Tabitha today. He heard us, Lou. He heard us, Sharon. He heard us, Tia. I dare you to cry out to him and ask him to rise up. He heard us. He knows who you are. He knows your pastor relationship. He knows your current needs. He knows he's got jurisdiction over what you're going through. His sovereignty is at your will. And our maintained innocence has gotten his attention. And so we cry out to God today. Lord, I need your help. I'm PC and that's all I've got.